You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 72. Hey there, Impact Driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and today we are talking all about the future for PMO and project management careers with my dear friend, Elise Stevens. Now, Elise just released a book called Unlocking the Opportunity, how over 150 women navigated their careers in project management. And the interviews and the content in this book are so fabulous. And I am so honored to be joining her for her book launch on November 11th at 4 p.m. Eastern and 7 a.m. Brisbane, Australia time. We are going to have a Q&A panel to talk about careers in project management and PMOs and give you tons of insights, answer your questions, and dive deep on what it really takes to thrive in your career in this wild and crazy field of project management. I'd love for you to join us for this book launch. So just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash 072. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 072 to submit your questions and register for free for our live Q&A panel on November 11th and 12th, depending on your time zone. I can't wait to see you there. This episode is sponsored by Rike. Rike is a collaborative work management platform that enables teams to be insanely productive by transforming the way they plan, manage, and complete work. More than 20,000 companies worldwide rely on Rike to manage complex projects and ensure deadlines are met. By bringing everyone into a single digital workspace, no matter where individual contributors are located, teams can achieve aggressive growth goals while improving efficiency and maintaining quality. Learn more at pmoimpactsummit.com forward slash Reich. That's pmoimpactsummit.com forward slash Reich. Okay, everyone, before I dive in with Elise today, let me tell you a little bit about this fabulous woman and why I have her on the PMO Strategies podcast today. So Elise is a podcaster and author and promoter of all things women in project management, which I think is so incredibly important. She has a new book called Unlocking the Opportunity, How Women in Project Management Navigate Their Careers. Welcome, Elise. And I'm hoping maybe you can tell us a little bit more about this fabulous book and your journey to help women in project management specifically. Well, thank you, Laura. And so the book... Every year for the past three years, I have run an event called Celebrating Women in Project Management. Yes. And this year, 153 women shared their views on what it means to be a project manager. So we were talking about all things about what are the skills we need? Why do you enjoy being a project manager? How do you recover from difficult situations? And how can we improve gender diversity of the profession? Mm -hmm. So... In order to commemorate the event, I thought it would be good to have an ebook slash paperback hard copy book to celebrate it. And it's such a valuable resource. 
Yeah. It's not just like fluff pieces about different things about project management. This is real gold, mm. insight gold into what 153 women think about their careers, the profession and whatnot. So it is so important and such a great resource because often, well, I don't know about you, Laura, but I never get the chance to really talk to 153 women in one session about what they think about improving gender diversity or what are the skills we're going to need in the future, all these Mm -hmm. valuable topics. So Mm -hmm. I think that instead of just looking at it as a companion book for the celebration, it's actually a great resource for everyone in project management to think about PM or your a more senior PM. You know, these stories and wisdom is inspirational. Well, I couldn't agree more. And I have also contributed to that, um, you know, that list every year. And I think what you're doing is wonderful. But I also read a lot of the content from other folks uh, that participated and encouraged my colleagues to be a part of that program because you are absolutely right. It is actually gold in my mind, more valuable than gold, because what it does is really it simulates the reach back behind you and bring somebody along with you kind of concept that I had one of my mentors when I was inside organizations spent a lot of time talking to me about, which was just as she was doing with me when I was earlier in my career, helping out somebody and coaching and mentoring, supporting somebody in the organization that she wanted to help grow in her career, me in this case, she advised me to do the same. And so I think it's so super important that women in this community specifically look out for each other, reach out to each other and not see each other as competition, but as a support group that can help all of us benefit and grow. And so What's so cool about this book now is that it's a testament to the lessons learned and the best advice that all of these women in project management have. And I found from reading many of the bios and the lessons learned and the feedback and the answers to the questions, I was just blown away with all the brilliant ideas that people had of ways they were dealing with difficult situations and challenges. And I just think it is a must have for anyone, not just women, but anyone in project management. And it's filled with leadership guidance and ways to tackle some of your toughest situations. So I think it's brilliant. And there's definitely going to be a link on your page so that people can find a way to get to it for sure. So I think it's just super exciting. And I hope that people that are watching take the time to go out and get it because it would save you so many headaches and frustration and hearing just some brilliant ways that all of these women that contributed are succeeding and thriving in their organizations. That is so great, Elise. So let's dive into what the future skills are that are going to be needed for women in project management and project managers in general. So you recently finished this whole 2020 Celebrating Women in Project Management project. And so you had a lot of time to dig in and read all of the fantastic advice in there. So what would you say are the top skills that we're going to need as project managers and PMO leaders going forward into the future? Well, there's some no surprises things in there like soft skills, leadership, empathy, collaboration. And that's a consistent theme. But well, what's interesting, isn't it, is that 
we've been talking about these things, I don't know, for the last five years or something like that. And yet we're still saying they're the skills that we need for the future. So it does question, I do question, well, what hasn't changed? Right. And there's obviously still a lot of opportunities, but I do think that it's important for those skills, essentially, you know, you put them in a big bucket of soft skills and being a good leader. But some of the things that have come out are also about creative problem solving, mm-hmm. being flexible and adaptable. That was a big theme coming through. And there was some things about remote working. Oh, yeah. And how to be good and, at that, right? Yeah. Well, as we in the midst of coronavirus lockdown, different varying themes, but most people are still, most professional people are still working from home at the moment. Right. And that was suddenly thrust upon us about how to be a good leader in a virtual environment. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's soft skills, there's about adaptability and flexibility, and isn't that playing out all and flexible? You can be doing anything right now because you'd be in the corner in a ball. Going, exactly. Oh, <laughs> I can't see my team. Where am I team? And creative problem solving and thinking outside the box and innovation. So when you think about it, it's like, yes, we want people to engage better and to communicate better and to be better leaders. We want people to be adaptable and flexible so that they can cope with change that's coming along. Hello, virus. Right. And we want people to be able to think a bit differently and solve problems and not just have the same pattern of, making decisions oh well i've always solved the problem this way i'll continue doing that but perhaps that's not the best way well i'm definitely seeing a lot of that and i think our business leaders whether it's during this crisis or beyond are really going to be asking more from our project managers and pmo leaders if they're smart right they'll be asking more from them to step up into more of a business leadership role right because mm-hmm. we have the information that drives the decision making process in our organization for helping the business leaders accomplish the strategy for the organization so we have that information and we need to help lead that process and to do that we are going to need things like those soft skills and the influencing skills and the leadership skills. And to your point, the flexibility and the agility, the organizational agility, the organizations are being asked to be more organizationally agile. And that doesn't mean big A agile, but agile, right? We need to embrace organizational agility and figure out how to drive organizational agility so that we can not just survive, but thrive and be relevant and helping help our business leaders solve business problems. So in the future, I would agree that you're going to need all those leadership skills and you better figure out how to be more flexible and nimble and let go of the whole, we've always done it this way, or we have to follow our checklist, or we need our 64 step process, right? We've got to figure out ways to be more flexible because the needs of the organization are shifting so darn quickly, right? Yeah. But do you, how do you ask a person to be more adaptable and more flexible? So if I came along and said to you, Laura, you need to be more flexible and adaptable <laughs> and more innovative. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, so what does that mean? And how do you train yourself to be more adaptable, flexible and innovative? Right. And, but how do you do that? Because it might not be your particular zone. 
of doing that. But I think that sometimes you've got to push yourself to be thinking more along a different way of thinking. And I think that definitely listening and watching and reading and asking questions is a great way. And maybe not being flexible and adaptable is about the fear. Yes, I was just going to say that, that a lot of times that comes from fear. And, but here's the irony, Elise. We are the change agents in our organization. We are the ones that are always trying to get others to change. And I was having a conversation with somebody recently and he joked that it was a room full of project managers that were being introduced to a change and everybody had all this resistance and all these questions. And it was like, well, isn't it interesting that all of us love change until it's being done to us, right? And so it was really an opportunity for project managers who are the drivers of change to step back and say, oh, this is what it feels like to be on the receiving end of change. How can I make that experience better for others, right? Lesson learned. And how can I recognize my own fear and address my own fear so that I am not maybe so resistant or inflexible to the changes that are being asked of me and figure out and maybe look for where the opportunities are, right? Oh, look, I know. I always thought it was the greatest irony. You know, Myers-Briggs, you know. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Mm Myers-Briggs. I always thought that it was pretty ironic that all the developers were like ISTJs, introverts, judging they like their their world pretty stacked mm-hmm. yet here they were bringing about all this change mm-hmm. to other people and yet they if you brought change to them they'd be like <laughs> so recently i just was trying to use a kanban board for something mm-hmm. oh, people were like oh, mm-hmm. oh what what's going on what's a kanban board yeah, uh, but it gets back to my point about because you kind of think where have you been living mm-hmm. <laughs> under a rock you've never thought to have an inquiring mind about what's going on in your wider what world that maybe might impact me right and I think that that's what gets back to being flexible and adaptable recognizing that there are things that are going to come along and change your world and I need to have something, some practices, some plays that will help me cope with the change that is going to happen. Like COVID-19. I know I bang on about the virus and everything, but we've had to adapt. We've had to change. Sure, maybe our work hasn't changed, but how we do it and all that kind of stuff has changed. Right. Right. 100% has changed. And by the way, before we dive into some of those external forces, I just want to comment that I am actually an ISTJ and I actually have a computer science degree and started as a developer, believe it or not. But here's the thing. And I will tell you this because my first time that I was ever on a stage asked to be a professional speaker, I was terrified. And my dear friend, Mike Hannon, who is a speaker at the summit and been on the podcast and one of my lifelong friends, he had to like coach me through it because I was terrified because it wasn't in my comfort zone. And that's just one of the many examples in my life where I realized if I went to my core defaults, if you will, as an ISTJ, I was not going to be successful in my career the way I wanted to be. 
and I was not going to accomplish the things I wanted to accomplish. And so what I had to do as a strong eye, believe it or not, which really is where you get your strength and your energy, right? Because I can be on stages, I can you know, do the summit, I can do all these webinars with thousands of people, I can do all of that stuff, but it just exhausts me, right? So I have to force myself to keep an eye on the same thing I teach everybody, the outcome you want to achieve and then understand who you need to be and how flexible you need to be in order to accomplish that outcome, right? So if it's going to be a lot of effort for me, mentally, physically, emotionally, to be on a stage and be a professional speaker, but I love it because the outcome I help people achieve and the impact it makes in people's lives is so big, then I find a way to manage that, right? So I just maybe surround myself with a little extra time and a little extra sleep and a little extra self-care or exercise, knowing that it's going to drain me. Same thing with liking my checklists and my to-do list. Why do you guys think that I'm always telling you to make sure you have your checklist in check? Meaning don't overdo it with the checklist because it's, oh man, I am the checklist person. I will write it all down on checklist and then I will check it off. And if it wasn't on there, I will write it down so I can check it off. Totally me. At the same time, if it's not doing me any good, if it's not helping me achieve the outcome, then I've learned to let go of that stuff. So I just think it's super important. I'm glad you brought that up because I think people get so stuck in there, well, this is who I am. And so why would I change? And I'll tell you why you, you don't have to change who you are, but you may have to change how you interact with the world if there's an outcome you want to achieve. And so it's really super important. All these skills you're talking about that PMO leaders and project managers need to have, like the leadership skills and the influencing and the flexibility and the adaptability, it's totally possible. You just need to remember that if there's, you might be the only, you might be the one standing in the way of your own success if you can't figure out how to stay laser focused on the outcome you want to achieve instead of kind of falling back to your comfort zone. So I just wanted to throw that in there because as you were saying that, I'm thinking, well, geez, that's a lesson learned that I had to learn and still continue to learn is that if I get stuck in my, this is how I feel most comfortable, then I'm not going to achieve the bigger impact I want to achieve or the outcomes I want to achieve. So as keeping that in mind, Elise, we've talked a little bit about COVID and that is clearly an external force shaping our profession at the moment. Can you talk a little bit more about that or the other external force, forces that are shaping our project management PMO profession right now? Yeah, I think that the forces that are impacting at our profession are people, you know, being a good business leader yeah. and having good business acumen, right? I think that organisations want that. Mm -hmm. And I'm in two minds. Some organisations care about the people and what, and making sure that they're okay on the projects and some aren't. Mm -hmm. I, it might be just a country or an organisational thing, but I think that there are differences in what organisations expect to be like the environment in which we deliver and people have to deliver with. Does that make sense? Just For some organisations, they don't care about the collateral damage to people on projects so that they'll just work them into the ground and you yeah. know, you just have to deliver. But other organisations are quite caring and sensitive to the the toll on people on delivering projects, especially really stressful and intense ones. Yes, and that will absolutely force us to figure out how we want to operate and who we want to be and how we want to define success for ourselves. Because you might find yourself in a situation where you're 
culture doesn't really support you taking care of your people, but you know darn well that taking care of your people, one, is the right thing to do morally, and two, will help you achieve the outcomes you're trying to achieve. So you have to figure out how to navigate that. Yeah, but I also think the changes are happening within us as well. I think a lot of people are realizing that they want more. They want a more balanced life. Yeah. And I think that, I think that with self-awareness, you begin to work out what it is that you want mm-hmm. for, for yourself and your life and your family life. And mm. you begin to shape your career and that impacts what skills you think are important because it starts to flow into how you deliver projects, I think. Right, right. Well, and with that said, what are your kind of top tips for as PMO leaders and project managers that are listening to this, how can they keep themselves relevant if they have all of these skills that are expected of them, right? These new ways they need to operate and all the flexibility and driving organizational agility. And then there's all these external forces that are shaping both their experience in the profession, but also the way the profession is operating with things like COVID. What advice do you have for those listening, our impact driver community, about keeping themselves relevant during all of this change? I think that you really have to look at different things. You have to look at what is important to you as a project manager from a skill perspective and really have the hard conversation about, are my skills really up for the job? Mm -hmm. And I think that you need to be looking at what your next role is. What is it that I want to do next in my career? Yeah. And what skills am I going to need to do that? And then I think that you also have to look around where you work and look at how projects are allocated or how promotions happen. And you need to say, you need to have the conversation. Am I happy with the project allocation that I'm getting? Yes, no. Yeah. If it's no, then why am I not getting the projects that I want? And then look at the people that are getting those projects and say, well, what kind of skills are they getting valued for? And how can I do that? And I think, or if you want to make a career change or anything like that, then you need to look at what are the skills that people need to have to get either a promotion or that job in another industry or all those type of things. And I think it's really understanding what's important to you and where you think you are, but also looking forward and saying, well, what's important? Who's getting the promotion or who's getting those jobs? What kind of skills are they having? Exactly. So you need to assess yourself and your ability to make an impact and what you value and what do those strengths you maybe need to build. I think those leadership skills and influencing skills absolutely can be built. You just have to want it, right? And if you feel like you have things that you want to change or improve, you absolutely can do that. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for your time today. Elise, thank you for being here and sharing some great insights on the future skills in project management and PMOs. And don't forget, this episode is sponsored by Rike. Rike is a collaborative work management platform that enables teams to be insanely productive by transforming the way they plan, manage, and complete work. More than 20,000 companies worldwide rely on Rike to manage complex projects and ensure deadlines are met. By bringing everyone into a single digital workspace, no matter where individual contributors are located, 
teams can achieve aggressive growth goals while improving efficiency and maintaining quality. Learn more at PMOImpactSummit.com forward slash Reich. That's PMOImpactSummit.com forward slash Reich. And we want to start having a conversation with you right now. And you can have a conversation with Elise right now in our mobile app. So I look forward to seeing you in there. Bye-bye for now. 